Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. G'day everyone. Hey, you've downloaded today's podcast. Well done. Good for you. Do you find the Britney Spears thing really interesting? Um, I'd find it fascinating. Yeah. Uh, um, just from the fact of more from her father's perspective. So I, I believe that he's absolutely controlling her and he's sucking money out of her. Mm. But what I think deep down is I go, how does someone go from, you see your beautiful baby girl come into the world and you have that beautiful moment. And then over time you then exploit them and do everything to them for money. That's it. It's a just. It's very, it's very dark. And I think it, you, you've got to remember she was a child star. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes when you have parents that have a child star, their life becomes them, and they give up all earnings to follow their mm. child's career. That it becomes an entitlement from them. It's a real weird. And I only say that because I remember following uh, one of the cases where their daughter was uh, like a beauty pageant mm-hmm. and the mum had given up everything. And yeah. it got to a certain point where I remember her saying in the do- uh, in the documentary, they're like, well, she's like, this is our family's earnings. And they're like, oh, it's your daughter's life, you mm. know. But that's what, that's what I mean. Mm. You go from having a child, creating a child and, you know, you wanting the best for your child for them just becoming your wallet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you always have that joke that going, you know, mm. when you guys earn your money, we'll just retire and live off you. That'll never happen with We do. Kids. We do it all the time because we know that he's going to be a mighty criminal. <laughs> and we say to Jagger, you can do it, Dal. You're also, live off you. also assuming he was paternal to begin with, you know. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Not everyone's as, you know. But then is there a flip side where she really did need help? Mm-hmm. Well, we discuss all of this. There's a, a very interesting woman, Lisa McCarley. She is an attorney in California. Um, she has been the, the biggest advocate of freeing Britney. She deals with um, conservatorships. She believes Britney never should have been, and some of her reasons as to why she thinks Britney shouldn't be makes complete sense. Um, so stick around for that. That's towards the back end of the podcast. Um, what else is going on there today? We did a good sound test of, mm. uh, high school hits. Yes. It was a wild ride. It was. There was a lot of emotion in that. Mm. Surprisingly. Uh, let's go. Here we go. This is the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. If you think you handle isolation well and have missed the opportunity to travel, then this could be the job for you. The Mawson Research Station is recruiting new employees. The location? Antarctica. Now, I saw this uh, the other day, and i got to say, if I was single and had any ability in any of the areas they were looking at, I would 100% apply for this, because I think it'd be really interesting. It suits you. You do like the cold. Love the cold. Uh, you do want a wood cabin, which I don't know if this would be, though. Log cabin, yeah. Well, they all live in igloos in Antarctica. Yeah, not nice. a lot of trees to make the log cabins yeah. out of. Yeah. Yeah, but they're looking for workers. And um, let's see, I want to run you through it and see if you guys, would you, you wouldn't be interested because you had the cold. Oh, I can't stand the cold. Can't Jagger stand... would like it. He likes penguins. Yeah, he loves penguins. I, I just want to know, like, what research are they doing? What was the company? It's, uh, I don't know the company, so... but it's, it's not for any of that side of it. It's not for the science side. Oh. It's for all the other people. So it's like regular work, regular jobs. Um, to, to maintain that side of it. Okay. So, yeah. Run the 7-Eleven or something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, it? not is like a cafe uh, 63 there? Chef, uh, yes, uh, medical practitioner, boiler maker, welder, carpenters, so Scotty could go, plumbers, concreters, uh, refrigeration mechanics, so things like that, tradies. Scotty went. I would love to know if he still sticks to his <laughs> pluggers and his shorts and his oh, topless no. attire. He'd go to, like, 
Crocs that were lined with, you know, like Ugg fur or something. Mm. You know, he's not he's not a monster. I just never see him wear jumpers. Wear a t shirt at least. <laughs> I always love those people in the cold who are like, I never feel the cold. Mm. But yeah. because they go on about not feeling the cold so mm. much, when they are freezing, they still have to stand there in a singlet and shorts and like, oh, I don't feel the I'm cold. I'm finding yeah. the people that complain about the cold most are my friends that are from Scotland mm. or England or Ireland. It's like, oh God, it's cold here. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be using Yeah, that? we acclimatize so quickly. So what's the degrees there? Oh, minus 20, minus 30, it's freezing. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold. For example, well, there's uh, 3,500 people apply for 500 jobs, right? You've got to wear out, Matty, because you've got to be able to multitask. I could do two things at once. Might have to do three. I'm flicking through TikTok and talking to you right now. I'm nailing it, mate. Nail yeah, because it. It's, it is isolation and you work closely with everyone. You need to be self-motivated and have a strong sense of self-worth without being overconfident or obnoxious. Is that what it says in the job description? Yeah, well, it's really based Anyone on... Anyone who goes, I'm not obnoxious, it probably is. It mm. has to be very personality-based, though, because you it's, it's basically like a big brother situation. You know, you're stuck with these people and yeah. you find... I've had a fight, I want to come home. Well, we'll come and get you in probably around about 12 weeks. Yeah, it's not like you can have a fight and storm out into the <laughs> outside, slam the Let's door. Let's see if Maddie's interested. What's the pay like? Uh, doesn't say what the pay is. Doesn't say what the pay is. I think it's more of an experience. It would Imagine be good though. Imagine your TikTok going off. Oh there, yeah. yeah, it would be you good. Know, like you amongst the penguins and he, stuff. Here's the one that might get you though, Maddie. Uh, they've dialed down the alcohol limits, so you can only take seven cans of full strength beer per week, or 1.5 bottles of wine per week, or half a bottle of spirits per week. That's and more you- than he drinks. It would be you that would be struggling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, are you breeze through that? Hang on a second. Um, are you only allowed to take one of those things each? Or is that collectively you no, take all of that one. stuff? Yeah, that's right. one. And it is for a very important reason. They've changed the alcohol policy because if you go out, outside and have a drink and stare at the stars, yeah, you'll freeze to death. Yeah, yeah that's they found people in Russia. go out, they look at the aurora borealis, and then they they pass out. A lot in Russia, people die through being frozen after drinking too much alcohol. Mm. So what is what are they are they setting up a city or something, or is it is no, it just as a research lab? They want people to go there. to. Yeah, it's all that's yeah, all right. set up. Yeah. Did you find this on Seek? Like, is that <laughs> it came up on my LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, when, <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, this is a job recommended for you. Here's the other bonus: it's probably the only continent in the world that doesn't have tax. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. So you don't have to wear masks. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to uh, social distance. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, no bats in Antarctica. You sweet mm. ass. Mm. But like the tax of option better. <laughs> Well, do they? You would still pay tax, I guess, in the country at which you you are employed. reside in. Don't yeah, you? and it is divvied up to different countries' sections. So yeah, yeah so okay. you would probably still have to pay your taxes. It's like in yeah. some places where it's French Canadian, you got to pay like double tax. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you, you're not allowed to um, kiss in public. Aren't you? No. Why? PDAs are discouraged. Because you're so living so close together, relationships bloom, but that also, you got to remember, said it was all about... Jealousy. ...relationships and stuff, so... If- so one kiss you give to one, you got to give to all. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, can't, you don't want to cause any ruffles. It's all got to be nice and calm and everyone just getting along. How long's the job for? Uh, it's a long... Well, they advertised last time in 2020, so I think it's a 12-month 12 12 contract. Right. I guess yeah. it, it would almost be like living on another planet, really, aren't you? Because there's no way... You can't get off, you mm. can't go anywhere, and I get the relationship thing, because if, you know, there's ten of you, two of you are hooking up, the other two hook up, and then there's, like, a couple of people who don't like each other, and their toes are Roman sandal. Mm. There's jealousy, mm-hmm. if someone hooks up with a couple of people. Yeah, you don't want to have affairs on the International Space Station. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'll let you know how I go. Yeah, that'd be good. good yeah. Let us know, buddy. Um, we are recruiting for a third co-host, so if you want to join on right now, <laughs> that's quick. 1060, guys, we're ready. 
Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Dear Abby. Sometimes in life, sh- gets real. And that's when you need Abby to help. I'm trying to help you. If you've got a dilemma, you can send in a email at dearabby at b105.com.au and it will come through and you can share with the group. This is an interesting one. Mm. And I want to know if anyone's been through this situation. She's written, Dear Abby, years and years ago when I was in primary school, I was very much under the control of the mean girls at primary school. Never realised it at the time, as you never do. Uh, But there was one girl that was really forceful to everyone around her. This is no excuse of what I did, but under her instructions, I would put a Jenny Craig flyer, Jenny Craig, obviously the weight loss, Mm. in one of the larger girls at school's pigeonhole every week. Ouch. Yeah, I constantly think about it and I really feel guilty. I wonder what she's doing with her life and whether I'd track her down and apologise to her. In saying that, fast forward to high school and I was picked on by three boys in particular for everything from my clothes to the way I talked. You name it, I copped it. I felt panic just looking out for them on the school bus or the schoolyard and I constantly used to hold my breath trying not to make a big deal. A few years ago, I bumped into one of the boys at a festival, music festival at Byron, and he was a little bit under the weather, but apologised and kept apologising for the way he treated me. I can honestly say in that moment, it did absolutely nothing. I didn't feel thankful for him saying um, sorry, and I didn't even feel like forgiving him. I just felt the same as I did back then. So my question is, apologising for behaviour you did in high school or even primary school, is it of any benefit to the person you picked on? I'd love to hear from people who actually carry the guilt of it and whether you have apologised or vice versa. As a, um, as a bully, have you ever said sorry or have anyone ever said sorry to you for picking on you? Yeah, interesting one, that, isn't it? It is, because it varies from person to person, I think, doesn't it? And then sometimes sometimes you can tell that the person's doing it just so they feel better well, about Well, that's what themselves. she's saying. Is it just mm. for the guilt? Like, do you, is the person apologising, is it just for them? Mm. But isn't feeling guilt actually you feeling bad? Because if you if you didn't feel guilty for doing it, you you wouldn't even give the person a second thought. But so, that's what I'm saying. Like feeling bad and admitting guilt. Like if apologising to you for something I did to you in high school, primary school. Yeah. What she wants to know is, would it benefit you if yeah, I yeah. apologised? And that's hard to determine, isn't it? Because yeah. sometimes it can bring up old. Mm. Yeah. But I guess there's two cycles at, at stake there. It might she might be thankful for it that that she's been given a second thought, yeah. and the person who is feeling guilty. Uh, you know, who they are at 35 is not who they were at 15. No one is. No. So I think... But it's don't you remember things that happened in high school? And it's it was such a strong feeling. Mm. Like you still oh. remember that feeling, maybe even more. Like so if you, if you got broken up with in high school, I reckon that would be... I remember that feeling mm. more than what I did in my adult life. Oh, everything's supercharged, yeah. yeah. I still hate the teachers who hated me at school. I'm sure they haven't given like, me a second thought. The song we yeah. just played. Mm. Um, Olivia Rodrigo, Olivia, good, for she? You, good for you. I think she's about 18 or 19. Yeah, and she was writing about a relationship in, when she was 15. Yeah. And like, that's the most heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, she looked him up on Facebook. He's fat and unhappy too. She's and, stoked. But this is why as well, though, you can, uh, he's still an actor. But you can look at them up on Facebook and mm. reach out to them. Like, it wouldn't have been a way that you could contact people. No, years ago, you wouldn't be, you know, no. you've got to call their own home, home phone, which you could probably remember. Yeah. But now you can track them down and reach out to them. So I'd like to know if anyone's reached out to you and apologised. Did it make it better? Or have you done it? Or thought about it, I guess? Do you carry that guilt and you don't know what to do with it? David in Hillcrest, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I had a um, guy at school and he was, he was not real nice, but um, he would just randomly like come up and kick you or, or 
punch in the face sort of thing. And um, I, I, met, saw him in a club one night, and he, and I looked and just wondered, sorry for being, being the way I was at school and stuff. And I mean, at the time, I was, I actually thought a lot about it. It was good, you know. He had the um, humility to say sorry, but I just said to him, look, oh, it's no problem, man. I've already forgotten about it. It's all done and dusted. And it was just a load off for him. So I think it's just as important for the person saying sorry, um, not just the person who got hurt, because mm. uh, he's benefited probably more so than I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important point to that as well, you know. People do change and you do regret things over your life. Do you think it varies on how forgiving the person is that's receiving the apology? Because there's some people that have hold, held on to that pain and it's actually changed who they are as a person. Yeah. And because of that, they're not ready to say, mm-hmm. oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. you, yeah. Because especially because if you say that, then it makes that the person feel better. And people don't want the other person. And you don't want the other person to feel better after (laughs) everything that they've done to you. Yeah. Yeah. But does that make you just as bad as them? (laughs) You know, that's the hard thing about the cycle of bullying. And forgiveness is really hard. Completely. You know, people say it's hard to say sorry. Sometimes it's even harder to forgive. 131060 is the number. You can weigh in on this anytime. Uh, This girl is listening this morning, so all of your advice will make it to her. Jess and Cressmead, what do you think? Okay, so when I was at primary school, I got ostracised a lot. Um, like really badly, actually. It was probably one of the worst times in my life. And one of my biggest bullies, actually, not that that's a word, um, message, messaged me on Facebook when I was 18, so um, five years, five, six years later, and apologised for all of it. Right. And how did that make you feel? It felt good. He took ownership for what he did and um, acknowledged that he was not the nicest of people and... Yeah, he and from that we started talking. Mm. Jess, did it make you feel good to know that he had thought about it again, that he'd carried on, that you had some weight in his life that he was so like re- you know regretful for? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, you know, even though as as bad as he made me feel, at the end of the day, when he got older, he ended up feeling just as bad. Mm. So it's not not that it was like a sweet revenge. It was it was more like I'm I'm glad that he felt half of what I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. That. Uh, hi, Renee. Um, now this is different. This is not as a, as a child. This is in a workplace. You had a bullying incident. Renee. Hello. Hi. Hey. Hey, how are you going? Good. Yeah. So it was probably like my first job out of school, um, and. Literally on my first day, this woman came up to me and was like, if you need help, don't bother coming to me. I don't have time to help. Um, And it just compiled from there and just got worse and worse and worse. Um, Just tore into me any chance you got about anything. Um, And eventually it got so bad that I ended up leaving because I couldn't take it anymore. And probably about uh, five or six years later, I ran into her um, out one night in town and she came up to me and was like, oh, I'm so sorry for how I treated you. Like, it was, that was me. Like, you know, I was such a miserable person and I made so many people at that workplace unhappy. And she, she was, I could see that she was really sorry mm. how, at how she had behaved. Um, I sort of, because it did affect me, but I didn't really want her to know yeah. that much. Mm. And so I've sort of just been like, Oh, look, I haven't really given a, a second thought since I left. I haven't really thought about you or how you... It didn't affect me as much as 
you know, but I appreciate your apology. Um, and for me, it was kind of nice to know that it was her. It wasn't a reflection on me and how. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't you so as it did a person. Actually help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just quickly, we're going to wrap up on you, anonymous. There, um, what happened with you? You received a message from your bully. Yeah, so I got bullied right from grade two to grade twelve, wow. and it was just really horrible. You know, I just learned how to live with it. My parents were like, you know, ignore them, just get on flight, and nobody really cared that I was getting bullied. Anyway, this happened all through school, and in my early 20s, I had low self-esteem, low confidence, I did a lot of things I'm not proud of, and then I got a message in my 30s from one of my bullies, and he said that he didn't want to excuse his behaviour, but explain why that he behaved the way he did. Mm-hmm. So I listened and to, to his message, read it. And it said basically that all the boys were so uncomfortable around all the girls in high school with their pimples and their acne and the way they felt better about themselves was to just make fun of the girls that they were afraid of. Mm. And so then in a way I felt a bit more confident realising that I guess it's not okay but the reason the boys were making fun of me was because they were intimidated by a young beautiful girl who was really talented and good at everything at school. Mm. Mm. Wow, that really changed your perception of yourself. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who Most did. Most people are saying reach out. Yeah, who got in contact. Um, if you've got a got an issue, you want to send it through. Dear Abby at b105.com.au. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Things that women will never understand about men. like how you fired that off because you knew I didn't have one. Uh, now, yesterday, Maddie was saying, and I, I, I'm going to encourage you again, go to the dentist because you've got a bit of an issue and your tooth is hurting. Nah, man, mm. I support you. I reckon don't go. You can that t- pain, you'll just you, you'll fly through that. Panadol <laughs> every four hours is really yeah, fixing it. Uh, and it came up. about because you said this. I brush my teeth once a day mm. in the morning. I never ever floss, like I- unless I've got some like steak stuck in there. After mm. about three days, I'll, I'll dig it out. Now I'm going to say there was a conversation going on out there with our producers and a couple of the staff, the male staff, because um, the producer was like, "Oh my god, he only brushes his teeth once a day." And then Adrian, our sound guy, said, "I only brush my teeth once a day." What about for nighttime activities? Does that not bother your wife? Oh, no, god. she's never she's never mentioned it. And a few of the other guys around the office were like, yeah, I only brush my teeth once a day. She does wear a mask during it, so that could be a clue. <laughs> That's good COVID safety. Oh, yeah. uh, and so the women put it down to, it must be a guy thing. So I thought I would see if there are other things that guys do that women are unaware of. So is this a list that you have compiled for you? No. Okay. Where do I get my list from? From the internet. Yeah, BuzzFeed. Journalist integrity. Still mm. going. Mm. Feel free if you've got any or if you agree. Um, Am I every, gonna, okay. okay. Every man does this, and I think you'd know this one. I'm pretty so sure. My problem is I've got, I'm surrounded by, I've got sons, I grew up with older brothers. Yeah, so you'd be aware of most of these, I think. I don't yeah. know. Surprise me. Okay. All men conduct imaginary press conferences in their heads at the end of watching a footy game. Can't fault the boys. Full credit to the other team. Yeah. Football's a real winner here today. Yeah, full credit to the boys is, mm-hmm. is one of the great ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Can't fault the lads' efforts. Football was a big winner. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't uh, stand when guys rewatch games. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know the ending. Sometimes if I miss a game, I check the score and then I'll go back and watch a game based on what the score was. Scotty was watching last night a mm. footy game from the 90s. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I actually, said, why are you doing that. it? And he goes, mate, I'm not alone. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on TV. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's got you there. Yeah. So why do you go back and watch The Notebook? You had a great time the last time you watched it. <laughs> why not revisit that moment? <laughs> Good point. Every man has done this at one stage. Use their pee stream to clean stuff off the toilet bowl. Every mm. single time. Mm-hmm. Every time. It's, a, it's the great thing about being a man. Mm. Something that you girls can't do that we can. We do our bit around the house, thank you. My son asked for reassurance. Re- uh, like, hey, Jagger, I need your help. With oh, this back one. up. Needs Re- to cross yes. the streams. He's Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sit down to pee. Yeah, that one was that one surprised me because mm. I didn't know because uh, oh, you do it. Yeah, but I didn't know any other guys that do it. Like Scotty will only do it if yes. needed. For if he's doing two things, you mean? If he's going for, <laughs> no, for no, if he can't if aim in that direction. Oh, you mean if? Oh, well, if what if it's like six o'clock in the morning and you're yeah? No, see that that's usually you can. Lean right over. Oh, so he doesn't push, do it. That's the only time. Down. Right, that's the only time. How, that he... If he's doing, if he's up early with one of those, <laughs> and he sits to do that, I think he that's a full one eighty push down. down. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, look. I shouldn't say too much. He's probably going to text. You're uh, you're very guilty of this, and we watch you do this because you do occasionally, especially with your Renos. You got phone calls coming through all the time. Most men lower your voice when you're on your phone to a mate. I am a <laughs> or, an, or, an, or another bloke. I am a bandit for that. Yeah. Every time. If there's a tradie ring of me, you know, mate, how are you? Is that because you're not a tradie, you've got to do it? Because I don't have that at my house because that's just, Scotty's got monotone. He's yeah. a tradie. No, I, I have a different voice for whoever I'm talking to all the time. It's, this is, well, I'm different the way I speak with my friends who I've known before you guys. Like, everyone you does. You cannot that. stand making a phone call in front of us. Yeah, no. Nah. Have you noticed that? I don't, like you, I don't if take you get a phone call, call like people. if you speak to Kat, you'll run off. Yeah, I don't every take day. calls in front yeah. of anyone. And I, I don't understand in this world where the phone is mobile why people but stay in the room and just be like, yeah, mate, yeah, okay. Because you yeah. use a different voice yeah. Yeah. so badly. <laughs> That's not why I'm leaving. It's just rude to have a conversation that uh, hello, 50% darling. of hello, the people sweetheart. can't How hear. Was your day? How did you sleep, darling? You use that voice and then you go, hello, I'd like to book my time. Well, that's what in. she's doing on the other yeah. end. Yeah, I'm good, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I love you. I miss you. It's <laughs> <laughs> the thing we do. Uh, this one, I think, I don't know if I agree with this one, but I know that manspreading is a big issue for women, especially if you're on public transport. We're not trying to do a power play. We're not trying to take up too much of the chair. We're just trying not to squeeze our balls. Yeah, I don't manspread. I, I cross my legs. Mm. So why I'm a leg guy, why, But the why can some guys cross their legs and the other guys go no? And it's not a size thing. Let's get that out. Mm. They just don't like it. I couldn't they don't tell like you. I'm a leg crosser too. Always been a crosser. Mm. Yeah. I love I love cross legs. Yes, yeah, cross leggers. I didn't, yeah, meet many leg crosses. Here's one more imaginary one. I think a lot of guys have done this, if you're sitting alone like in a shopping centre, mm. you imagine that it gets overrun by terrorists and you're the superhero of the movie who mm-hmm. saves everyone at the end, Die Hard style. Yeah. Every yeah. guy's done that. Yeah. Can I ask you a question then? This is a, a guy thing, right? When we say, what are you thinking? Mm. You have to pause mm. and come up with something. Mm. Why can you genuinely not say what you're thinking? Nah, it's the opposite. We actually aren't thinking anything, and we know you think we're stupid if we say that, so we make but something But I like up. the random thoughts. No, but but like, if I ask my kids now, they'll go, oh, I was just thinking about if an alien dropped in the the roof. And I go, oh, cool, good thing. Mm. But see, nine times out of ten, as a man, you genuinely are aren't. thinking of nothing but yep. black space. And then you come in and ruin that. <laughs> 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 
Stab, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. My uh, friend in Sydney is not really coping that well. She's got two younger kids and she had an older child to uh, a different partner. So she's trying to homeschool and they're very different ages. And she's struggling at the moment and she wanted to have a chat to me and just she told me a story and I giggled. Not the right answer, but you know when it's funny when it's not your kids? Oh, yeah. yeah. So her eldest daughter is in year 11 and is doing homeschooling, have to log in for it and classes. And then she got an email from the teacher saying, can I have a Zoom chat with you privately? And she's like, I don't have any privacy in my house at the moment. Mm. So I'll go into the garage to have a Zoom meeting. And she said, look, we've got a bit of an issue. Um, Assignment has been handed in from your daughter and it's got absolutely full marks, no issues, no errors whatsoever. And she's like, and that's the issue? And she said, well, um, for Mandarin Chinese, which is the language, I would expect her not to be fluent at this stage. And she said, okay. And she's like, you're saying that it's plagiarised? And she said, yes. Your kid is too dumb. To get this mark. Well, I think if there's no errors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she had to go and chat to her daughter, and her daughter went off, and she's like, okay, you're being too defensive. I need to see your computer. That's my privacy. You can't go through, blah, blah, blah. You'll start the problem. You don't believe me. I'm thinking. She goes, just log on, okay? Otherwise, you, you're going to be in trouble. Had this big fight about you can't ground me. We're already grounded, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. She does have a point. She does have a point. You ground me. I'm this not allowed to leave the I'm, house anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll send you um, more than five Ks out of your old GA. <laughs> That's what I'll do. <laughs> Get on the news that way. She logged onto her computer and she had to show it, and there was emails. Her daughter has hired and has been paying for a VA. Now, I didn't know what a VA is, mm. but a VA is a virtual assistant, oh. and you can hire virtual assistants for a certain amount of money all over the world. So she has a VA in China. Wow. That has been doing... No, no. Come on now. You post an ad, and she has posted an ad saying that she needs help with presentations, mm-hmm. and she has been delegating. And she cracked it and said... I told her there had to be mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese like, person can't allow that. She's like, are you serious? No. That's the issue. She goes, I paid her more than what it is. She goes, I paid her $30 for that, mm. and the average is only 15 and I told her there need to be certain mistakes, and she hasn't even done mistakes. And she's like, you not the point. Not the point. At all. Yeah, but this is a situation that is She's so hard. She's been outsourcing her assignments. What a genius. That is what every great CEO does of a company. They don't do the work. They go and find the best people for the job, and they pay them the lowest price possible. 30 bucks for an A+. Plus is cheap. <laughs> yeah, but at the, end, at the end of that process with the CEO, the CEO doesn't have to be able to speak Mandarin. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. She's not learning how to speak the language. So what? <laughs> the CEO would have hired someone else. <laughs> How's this, though? How's this? I was telling well, Siobhan... The CEO of this place couldn't do a radio show. I was telling <laughs> Siobhan, our producer this, don't say the name, but people at this workplace have been outsourcing, correct? They have not. There was a rumour about... Don't say um, a rumour. <laughs> a, a genius of a colleague who got given a very hideous task a few years ago and decided to perhaps outsource it overseas to get it done quickly. You're telling me that there is some 21-year-old Singaporean somewhere who has had access to B105 files and has been doing Not files. It was a pretty... It was a like a cut and paste sort of job, like data. But on the plus side, I'm very relaxed, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was it you? 
Was it, was it you? No, no it wasn't. It's someone who's not here anymore. All right. Oh, I think I know who it was too. Yeah? yeah. Labby? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say Alphabox next. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Britney Spears has had a major victory in her fight for liberation. Jamie Spears agreed to step down as her conservator after 13 years. Leave Britney alone! <laughs> Last week we heard that Jamie, uh, Britney Spears' dad, was going to stand down as conservatorship. We don't have that in Australia, but over in America it's basically saying that someone who can't look after themselves, um, uh, including also finances, mm-hmm. they're going to do it all themselves. And there has been, you can check it out, the hashtag Free Britney campaign. One person that knows more about it is Lisa McCarley, who's an attorney over in the States. Good morning. Good morning or good afternoon here in Los Angeles. Hi. So we we got a little bit of information, and like I said, he stood down. Is he actually off the conservatorship yet? No, he's not. So a lot of controversy in his document that was filed. It's called the first response. And what he indicated was that he recognizes that a lot of people are putting pressure on him to resign. He's going to resign. He just isn't sure exactly when or what the terms of his resignation will be. So officially, he's still the conservator, but for the very first time, he signaled he's ready to leave. Now, you've got 25 years' experience in this, and you've been very, very vocal speaking about the Free Britney movement. Um, You don't believe she should have ever been under a conservatorship, do you? I... I stand by that quite strongly. Here in California, these types of conservatorships called probate conservatorships are for people that are truly unable to provide for their own basic needs for food, clothing, and shelter. And that means someone so incapacitated that they cannot perform in front of thousands of people in Las Vegas. I think it's the epitome of hypocrisy to claim on one hand that she lacks the ability to fend for herself in a supermarket, but we can put her in, on a stage and perform and make her a judge of a talent show. No, I don't think she's ever come close to qualifying mm. for a probate conservatorship in California. So how did it get to that point? Because obviously the conservatorship's actually sent up to protect Britney and to provide for Britney, and this is a very high-profile conservatorship where everyone could see what was happening. How did it, he breach it and, and turn it so bad in front of everyone? Well, when you say how did it become so bad, it became bad the very day that the court appointed one of its favorite attorneys, a gentleman that you've heard his name, Sam Mangum. Sam Mangum and the judges had kind of a special relationship back in um, that time period, 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10. Um, attorneys like myself were somewhat aghast at what was going on, but um, Judge Reva Getz at the time um, decided that she was going to follow recommendations by Sam Mangum and go along with this conservatorship. She fired a very well-known attorney, Adam Streisand, who was hired by Brittany. And the uh, phrase that comes up is that Reva Getz thought somehow Brittany was unable or lacked the capacity to retain counsel. So in my opinion, that was just very bad uh, luck on Brittany's part that she ended up in Department 9 and she was 
um, basically an attorney was picked for her, and that attorney was obviously pro-conservatorship. Mm. So that's how things started, badly for Brittany. Because it seems uh, from the outside world when she shaved her head and she had that breakdown that there was a lot going on in her life, but you don't think it was that she couldn't take control of herself. She probably just needed a lot of, uh, a lot of therapy and a lot of time out. Absolutely. In fact, when I go back and I've spent a lot of hours, especially during COVID, I had so much downtime, kind of reconstructing the news articles and you know when things are happening. Here is a 26-year-old woman. She has just given birth to two babies and an equally dysfunctional family law commissioner was basically telling her to hand over her babies to their father, which was okay, but then they were putting all of these conditions on. She has to have a driver's license. She has to pass drug tests. And it's my opinion that the courts should never impose conditions on parents and children seeing each other unless there is actual evidence of physical abuse. So between the paparazzi, between the lack of support by her family, and then having to hand her babies over, uh, I don't think that I would have done any better under the circumstances. And she's very young, and she's had a very sheltered, different type of upbringing. I, I think the circumstances were really the perfect storm, and I don't blame her at all. She needed love. She needed her children with her. She needed um, empathy and understanding from all of the people around her. And she was just treated terribly. When you think about her family wanting to do the right thing for her, they have got paid a large amount of money, and I don't know all the details, but Jamie himself has um, got paid for being part of the conservatorship. It is a large amount of money. Would that be normal, or this is quite unusual that he's paid so well? It is not unusual for conservators to be paid, and I even have instances where family members are paid. Usually it's you know 50 to $60 an hour. Um, but this is highly unusual, and these numbers are just remarkable in terms of how much money has been paid out to lawyers as well as Jamie. But here's the one part that I just really hated the most, which is that Jamie gets paid a percentage of her earnings. I mean, the notion that someone on one hand can't even manage to provide for their own needs for food, clothing, and shelter, but look at me as a conservator father. I'm getting paid a percentage of her earnings. It, it's egregious. It really is. Mm. Now, one of the things that stood out the most is the fact that Brittany has been forced to take birth control and, and doesn't even have control of her own body. Is this a rare thing, or is this always happen in these situations? Highly unusual, and that's, again, just part of the remarkable, I, I think that this whole thing is just a clown show. So let's just assume that it's true. She said that she was forced to have an IUD, or more specifically, that she's not able to have the IUD removed. I mean, that is such mm. an amazing violation of her self-autonomy and of her body and of her ability to procreate. But also, the conservatorship does not, a probate conservatorship absolutely does not preclude someone from getting married or having a family. But the question, again, goes to if she's able to make these decisions for herself, if she's able to even express what she wants in terms of, I want to get married and I want to have another child, I mean, why 
Are they pretending that she needs this conservatorship at this point? The, the rule is not you have to live your life perfectly or manage your money even prudently or reasonably. I mean, the criteria here, right, it just reeks of something going very, very wrong in this case. Brittany said when she gave her statement um, to the judge that she did want him to sort of be punished, talking about her father, Jamie, and be sued for what he has done over the years. Is that possible? So that was, a, that was an interesting statement. I want to sue my family, she said. First problem that she has is, is that her court-appointed attorney has stood there and watched all of this. And so one of the problems is going to be, you know, the defense of, well, I did what everyone told me to do. Jamie is going to have the ability to say, oh, I didn't, I didn't make any of these really big decisions, and uh, her court-appointed attorney was standing there, and he knew what was going on, and the judge knew what was going on, and the probate investigator knew, and nobody told me to stop. So there are going to be these defenses. Um, but the other question, and this is one of these legal issues that is sort of in the gray area, is will Brittany be able to legally have standing, have the ability to make these claims, assuming that her present petition to have uh, Jason Rubin appointed and also uh, Jody Montgomery Pace appointed as her conservators, she will still be in a conservatorship. If, if all of her petitions are granted, let's say on September 29th, she may not even have legal standing to make a lawsuit against her father and family. And why would she do that too? If if she's, why does she know why she would still want to be in a conservatorship if she can make these decisions? I mean, you would think if she got out of the one with her father, she would live freely. But she seems to still want to be under control by someone. Right, and that's really bothering me too. Which is why did the new attorneys, uh, very wonderful reputation, seems to be very aggressive, saying the right things. Why did he only file a petition to remove Jamie and not terminate the conservatorship? And that really has the basis in facts that we don't have at our disposal right now. If Brittany had hired me, if she'd said, Lisa McCarley, you know, how can, uh, what should I do? I would be filing a petition to terminate so fast. Mm-hmm. It would make your head spin um, because I just don't see how anybody with just watching the videos, just listening to her on June 23rd, she clearly can articulate her needs and wants. She can go shopping. We see her driving around town. We know that she can provide for food, clothing, and shelter. I mean, who's going to dispute that? There's no dispute that she, in my opinion, doesn't qualify. But the strategy with um, that Matt has in mind, I'm not privy to. I wish I was. If not her father, who? Right. So um, Matt Rosengart, the new attorney, has filed a petition to have a licensed professional fiduciary named Jason Rubin. He's a uh, also a CPA and known to be able to do uh, forensic accounting work. So Brittany has filed a petition to have Jason take over as the conservator of her estate. So that's the person to make all of her financial decisions, manage her assets. And she's also, under the guise of 
when she was represented by Sam Ingham, filed a petition to ask Jody Pace Montgomery to be her permanent conservator of her person. So she's got those two petitions pending, both set to be heard on September 29th. And Jody is her assistant, or she has been um, part of the conservatorship um, for a while, though, right? Right. So apparently in um, September... 2019, was that when uh, Jamie got the restraining order? At the same time, he filed a petition right after he was uh, restrained against seeing Brittany's two children. He indicated that his health was failing and therefore he wanted Jody Pace Montgomery to take over as temporary conservator of the person for Brittany. And um, that was approved and that's been ongoing, I guess, for almost two years now. Mm. Well, it is certainly not over. It's far from that. It feels like it's just beginning um, with poor Brittany. Um, Lisa McCarley, thank you so much for your time this morning. We really appreciate you coming on, and um, it's great to to get there's so much information, so it's great to have it broken down and explained so well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. Have a wonderful day. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Testing. One. Two. Three. Testing. One, two, three. Can anybody hear me? Sorry. Yeah, a bit of a sound test. Uh, 13, we're going to play a song. You need to give it your all, like Stav always does. We do have to give him a little warning saying don't sing over the song sometimes. Mm, that's right? true. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. All yeah. oh, high school classics. All right. First up playing this morning is Monique. Hi, Monique. Hi. How are you going? Very, very good. Um, now, I think most, there'll be, there'll be quite an age range on this song because it went through a good 10-year run of being played. Yeah, that's true. At the end of every graduation. Mm. Okay. Uh, all you I didn't do? make my graduation, though. <laughs> oh. oh. Okay. Do you want to finish or? Yeah, we'll try. Oh. No, no. Why didn't you make your graduation? Oh, oh I, I graduated. I just didn't go to the dinner because I didn't want to be the only kid without my parents there. <laughs> oh. Well, I tell you what. Let's see if you can finish off this song. Green Day, Time of Your Life. Okay. I hope you have the time of your life. <laughs> yeah. Still a classic. Still good. Good old Dookie. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, what? It wasn't on that album. Oh. oh. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you shake your head, you can't hear that. Yeah. But do you <laughs> see what he wants to say is you're wrong, but not to your face, Monique. That's the next one. <laughs> Tristan and Wynnum, you ready for yours? <laughs> yes, I'm ready, guys. Well, you did. You should just not shut Oh, she's wrong. You know, if someone makes a gesture in here, we're going to point the other person All out. right, Tristan, you ready for yours? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Finish off this song, Tristan. I love this city. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. The only lyrics throughout that entire song. Hey, Aaron, we're doing high school hits all day today for Oh Wow Wednesday. Are you ready? Yep. Ready to finish off one for us here? <laughs> yep. All right, here we go. Where did you come from, Cut Nigel? I want more. You want more? Oh, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, yeah, she's not going to do the solo. Why not? The black before did the... <laughs> <laughs> the classic. Put on, Aaron. Oh, uh, great song. That, that was like a huge period of time where terrible songs were really, really popular. Do you know mm-hmm. what year it came out? Or you, I was going to get you to have a guess. I do. Can, can you remember? Well, yeah. 1995, it was my song. It was your song? Mm. Oh. When you graduated? From my graduation oh, okay, year, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. good. <laughs> that was your romantic song with a partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me and Kat's song. We walked in here, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm an arm. do <laughs> see no. Yeah. Now switch up your partner. <laughs> uh, alrighty, Ethan, mate, welcome to the show. Hey, going? Good legend. Good. Um, we are playing uh, some high school hits here for the sound test. Finish off this one for us. I see you, baby. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. I see you, baby. Shaking that ass. Shaking that ass. Oh, best on field. <laughs> Alright, don't touch me. <laughs> oh, great tune. Alright, and Ramona, you gotta bring us home hard here. You ready? Ready. Rock it. Oh, Alright, this is this is a great one. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. It's been two and a half years since I shaved my hair off because it was March. Wow. Yeah. So two and a half years. And it's grown back, but I never really curled it, and I've curled it now. Mm. And I tell you what, I'm getting lots of compliments that are going to my head. Because everyone's like, oh, you killed it. You've done something to your hair. And I never have. So I was like, must have done a good job. So I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. So my addiction to dry shampoo since doing my hair on Saturday is getting a bit extreme. Like I go to wash it and I'm like, one more day of dry shampoo. But I don't want to wake up anyone in the house as well. So this morning, <laughs> to go into the bathroom and put a towel over my head and do a bit of dry shampoo because mm-hmm. I didn't want to wake my son who's crawled into the bed. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't know how many days now I can go to dry shampoo. Mm-hmm. Well, I think until you start to smell, wouldn't it be? But you can't. Like, it's fragrance. Switch oh, over well. entirely then. You'll never wash your hair again. Yeah. yeah. What's the longest you've ever gone with dry shampoo? Shiv. Oh, Shiv's on she's the on phone. The phone. Oh, she's on the phone. Uh, Must be Santa Link. She doesn't want to hang up. <laughs> you know, once you're in the queue, once you're in that queue, you ain't getting out of that queue. No, it looks hectic. Okay. You know? Thanks, but mm. no thanks. Yesterday I informed you guys about my toothache mm. and um, I was pretty certain last night that I was just going to, like when you're feeling a little bit under the weather, nothing like a good night's sleep that won't fix it. <laughs> it's not working. It's really not working. I don't think toothaches go away. I've had one go away. Really? Yeah, yeah. After the dentist took the tooth out, the pain just disappeared. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's gone before. Yeah, really? on its own. I just okay. rode it out for a bit. Mm. Oh, okay. I didn't think, yeah. This one's not letting me ride it out, though. So, mm. um... Mm. Mm. Good luck. <laughs> Do you want it to get better? I feel like you want me to come in with a big... How, how many days are you out for when you get a... With some tooth out. Like, uh, is it a... Well, I didn't have any days out. <laughs> no. I got mine all four out and I went to work. I did look like a potato head, though, and it was all bruised. 
So I'll take a week or something. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. There are many things that can fall out of a fridge. A lemon could come rumbling down. That's not too bad of an issue. Stray cherry tomatoes here and there. Maybe even the entire packet of cherry tomatoes get dropped and roll like marbles. That's still not that big a deal. That's fixable. But when my daughter tried to get the naan bread from the top shelf and brought down a new jar of strawberry jam, which then proceeded to explode, and it actually looks like something has, like a mouse or a rat has exploded in the kitchen because there's just globs of red matter everywhere. And that was on Monday. And we're still finding bits that we've missed. Like, oh, look right up there. Oh, how did it get up? Wow. So thanks, but no thanks. Staff, Brisbane wakes up with Staff, Abby and Matt on B105.